Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Fall into pieces. Is that a song? Yep. By who? By P. Abes. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. P. Abes. P. Abes. Fall into pieces. <laughs> Is that what you sang about me after I left? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, remember when you left? Yeah, and I was crying, like bawling, and you were just like stone cold. I was not stone cold. Yes, you were. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, I just hit my head. I just hit my head. Um, no, it hit me because I think I was cool, and then when we started hugging, I started crying. <laughs> I was just like a mess. You were crying first, though. It like took me a second to like fake my tears. So. Yeah, and then you faked them till you maked them. And I was like, <laughs> it's just that stuff also just doesn't hit me. Sometimes it hits me later. <laughs> and I'm like, usually oh. me too, but I think I was just like, this is too, this is just completely too much. And we were also, we went for like our last walk through Trinity Bellwoods in the morning. I got coffee at Tampered Press. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you haven't seen yet, Purse and I are running a giveaway. On our Instagram page, it runs until June 17th, Thursday, June 17th, and we're giving away a two-night stay at this adorable little log cabin in Gilmore, Ontario. So if you're in kind of like the Toronto um, area or in Ontario, it's a great spot. It's right on the lake. You've got a beautiful dock. You've got a canoe you can take out, and it's like a, it's like a hand-built log cabin. It's so cozy. It has a wood stove that heats everything. I went there back in April, and it was just the best, and so we wanted to give away a two-night stay, and all you have to do to win is just follow us and tag a few friends in the comments. So um, take a look at our Instagram, at Podcast. And uh, you could win. You could win the most cozy little stay and honestly, take me with you. Th- that's yeah. the catch. Anyone who wins. Has to take us. Yeah, both of us. That yeah. we, we, in the fine print, we put it somewhere. The catch is you have to take us and pee with you. Yeah, it's so fine that like the human eye can't see it. But, but yeah, you guys should go enter because it's honestly, it's, it's really cute. And you can take your like boo thing with you. You can take your best friends with you. There's one, there's a bed and then there's a pull out double uh, couch futon. So you could technically bring like four, four people could technically go. Yeah, bring, bring your bubble crew. Bring your, bu- what's that? Like your um, bubbles because COVID, like bring your bubble. Oh, your COVID bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good luck, guys, and you, we will be announcing the winner on June 20th. That's right. Good luck. Percy Buns, we have a guest on today's podcast. We do. 
and it was the most lovely conversation. It was. Oh, I was so happy after this convo. So today we are talking to one of my very best friends, Sid McManus. She is a dancer, visual artist, tattoo artist, living in Montreal. She's just the coolest person I know. Like, it's just a fact of mm-hmm. the matter. And she was so gracious to come talk to us and be open for the very first time, like, publicly, <laughs> I guess you could say, about her journey discovering her own sexuality. And more specifically, fluidity and what fluidity means to her and kind of exploring some of the misconceptions people might have about fluidity and how she can be fluid with not only um, her sexuality, but also like her gender and her art is also very fluid. Yep. And I loved that tie because there's certain things after we talked to Sid, I was like, I never thought about fluidity in that way. I found that conversation with her actually really like opened my mind. Even though I, I'm, I've always been open about fluidity, I think I also had that like a little bit of a narrow mindset of what it means, but there's fluidity in so many aspects. It doesn't have to just do with your gender or sexuality. So I was like, true. And Sid is like the definition of a fluid human. When yeah. I think of her, I think of fluid. Yes, me too. Like openness. Like- yes constantly flowing, constantly learning, constantly stretching for more. She's one of those people who's just like never afraid to do something new, learn something new about herself. And that really, honestly, that has always inspired me about her. She's such an inspiring person. I love being around her. She always like teaches me something. She always makes me think about something differently. And I just think this was such a cool conversation. I think a lot of people who listen to it will have the same kind of feeling you did where they may be something to think about fluidity in a different way and how it can be all encompassing. There's a few things that Sid said in this conversation where I was like, I've never thought about it that way. That is too cool. So I'm excited. One thing I wanted to say, Sarah, because this ties into what you were just explaining about Sid as a person, but this is my favorite quote from her. Um, she goes, I like to try things before I make decisions and my sexuality is the same way. Yeah, that honestly, I like that you pointed that out because that I would say is the, is the like core of this conversation. The conversation you guys are about to hear, that's, that's essentially what we're talking about is like that sex, her sexuality, um, her relationship with sexuality comes from, um, who she is as a person it's not they're not like who she is as a person is is fluid and that's why her sexuality is fluid as well so it's just cool i'm excited for you guys to hear it it's cool (laughs) i said that like he's cool it's cool i'm so sorry if sid if you're listening and this is like the worst intro ever but we love you we think you're so cool um and just come tattoo me for the rest of my life Hey, Sid. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Girl on Girl, officially. My pleasure. It's Girl on Girl on Girl today. Oh, uh, yay. <laughs> it's a three-way. It's a three-way. Mm. The way we've always dreamed of. Oh, yes. Honestly, yes. we have. Sid, where are you joining us from? 
Um, I am in Montreal in my bedroom for specifics. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> yeah. Say Bonjour. something in France. Oh no, I can't. Blue, ce moi. Do you know what that means? Yes, Percy. Ah, uh, blue, ce moi. Okay, right? you're saying something with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or well, not with me. Think, 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 Gaga. <laughs> Rain on me. Yeah. Well She's you. bilingual. <laughs> I'm just going to cut all that out so I get it right away. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The magic of post production. Sid, how did we meet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's preface Sid and Sarah are like yeah. childhood besties. And then Sydney met Persis through me. Yes. Yes. It was a good meeting. <laughs> it was. How did we meet? Well, we both know each other from London, Ontario, good old suburbs. That's right. And yes, and I remember playing soccer with Sarah when we were probably like 12. And I remember inviting you over to play, to play one day in, um, we played Dance Dance Revolution and we yes. swam in my pool. And yes. I just remember, <laughs> I remember this energy that is just so contagious and I just needed to be around you. And then from there, it was like, well, I, I know I can trust this, this person. This <laughs> and then we went to the same high school where we continued to fall in love. And then we just stayed friends forever. Yeah, we were the only ones in our group of friends to really like move to Toronto. And then yeah. we kind of, yeah, I think we both experienced like our transitions around Toronto. Yeah. And <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, I like that. Me too. I love our story. What do you do for a living? It's pretty cool. It's not boring, guys. It's like actually cool. Yeah, we're going to get into some real interesting shit. Um, well, I am a dancer mostly, um, but I have a practice in visual art. I've spent the last five years here in Montreal working for a dance company and I've been lucky to like travel and teach and like feel like I live like this, this taste of what like a, a band would feel like, like that, mm. that life. <laughs> I never thought about and, that. I never thought about that. Yeah. Cause you but... just, you're just with the same people all the time and you get really close. You build this like little family and you just perform for people. And yeah. um, we haven't been doing that this year and I miss that performance and that sharing and yeah it's kind of shifted a bit I've gone more towards my like visual art practice and I over this past year I started tattooing learning how to tattoo and yeah I put my work on bodies and that has been really a really beautiful place to yeah to like merge my love for movement and, and art and the body and illustration and it's making a lot of sense right now and um, yeah slowly slowly learning the practice it feels like the perfect medium for you almost Mm -hmm. because it really does combine everything that you've kind of been exploring your whole life even when you started to dance Mm -hmm. yeah and I I I just love like one-on-one interactions I just I feel like it's a space to like take care of people and yeah it's quite intimate but you yeah, there's a lot of energy. You have to like calm them down. You have to make sure they're they're ready for this like commitment. And then and then yeah. there's also just like this trust in them wanting to 
have your work on them forever. <laughs> How many tattoos have you given me? You? Yeah. I think we're at, remember. we're at four now, which is my favorite number. So it's either oh. we stay there or we keep going. Hey, <laughs> sorry to break it to you, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. So you full on. So at this point, Sarah, now you have, let me guess. So Sid's given you four tattoos. Mm -hmm. You have. Let's see if you can remember, babe. <laughs> remember that tattoo that no one can see? <laughs> you have six tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I have six. I have six tattoos and four of them are from Sid and I couldn't be happier. And I basically am just giving my right arm to Sid that she can, she can like not do whatever she wants, but like basically do whatever she wants. And it's like the best decision I've ever made. I think that's my favorite part is like someone coming with an idea. And then there's like this in between where I like, I have my like way of making and they have their idea and then we, we figure something out together. Yeah. Yeah. If any listeners live in Montreal or even like Toronto or London, um, Sydney's, yeah. Sydney's always like around tattooing. Mm -hmm. So just like holler at, obviously we'll drop all of her information. So just <laughs> ho holler at her if you want a tattoo because they're so cool. Maybe I'll post like pictures of all my tattoos. Sure, go for it. So that everyone can see. Yeah, they're really, really nice. And then just like this whole journey of like dance, art, tattooing, like just just having such a creative outlet your whole life, what do you feel like that's kind of taught you about yourself before we dive into like sexuality? Just as a person, how do you feel like it shaped you? I think I'm just realizing I just don't, I don't see like living my life any other way. Every time I like try to go towards something that maybe is a little bit more um, predictable or expected of me I I think I just always like pose questions on it and then it ends up because I ask those questions I end up going <laughs> a little more left or right or any like just in an, any direction, any other direction. <laughs> even if it's just like <laughs> 10 degrees or like a full like 180 yeah um, I think that's kind of what I what I stand by and I'm I'm not so like spontaneous like I have bursts of like desire and want but I always I always have a little bit of like caution or question or I'm just like okay is this is this right and I feel like within like living the way I have or within the work yeah within art making it allows me to challenge those things um those like stereotypes those um, conditions. Yeah. And it also provides so much community. I don't think I've ever lacked community in this way of living. Um, mm, that's such a good point. That's what's something I've always admired about the arts is like that form of community, especially yeah. in dance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it still, it still has its way to go and there's still like separation and there's still places where, um, voices are not heard within the dance world and um and also like working for a company that that isn't an institution but has the potential of becoming one we have to be aware of of those places that are yeah that are still that are the voices that are still not heard and yeah all of that <laughs> I feel like I like that you that you touched on the your relationship to spontaneity too because I feel like a lot of people see a career in the arts as like a very 
I think more people are seeing it as viable now, but people see it as the spontaneous thing or this flimsy kind of kind of life or they or they might see artists as like um people who can't make up their mind or people I don't know like huge personality spontaneous you know what I mean like I feel like there's there's almost a stereotype of just like the person who decided to make art their career and I I think that's why I'm always so fascinated to hear your you talk about having a career in arts because you aren't that person you are calculated and of course you have bursts of spontaneity like any like anyone would but you you think through things very clearly you're very level-headed and you're not like this outrageous in your face kind of life you're you're living like a like you're living a life that you chose purposefully I guess is what I'm saying and I think that's like a that's an important story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean, it really is a matter of like dedication. I think the more time you spend on anything, the more things will grow. It's like the more energy you give, the more things will create. There's never going to be nothing. And I think that's why people fear like going towards something artistic. It's like it's, we're trying to build th- things that don't necessarily follow the path that other people, you don't have to build anymore. You just You just go through the the stages of of a career or whatever um where when you're an artist you you have to invent a lot and you have to keep changing and you have to I love change I really do and when I have that like sense of stability that's when I'm like whoa how do I stay here for long I don't really like this place (laughs) there's something cool about like that sense of unpredictability as much as it can be kind of scary but how you're saying you're always having to like invent yourself and Mm. constantly I don't know be kind of like you don't really you're not sure about what's going to come next but sometimes that's what makes life exciting so I yeah I like that and I yeah I feel like I'm in that place right now and and yeah it's it's scary you have your good days and you have the <laughs> of course, those off of days. <laughs> yes it is going through like a transitional period and like we don't have to dive into it but um it's exciting and it's new which is which are things you love but it's also like scary um but that's what life's about am I right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> It is, guys. How do you feel about stability? So what's actually really funny is I feel like I used to be a person who was very much like I need stability and I need to kind of like know exactly what's happening for me every day. But I've definitely discovered more about myself that I'm not into that like nine to five type of aspect. I like to have more flexibility in my day. So that's changed for me as well. I really, really used to think like I needed that because I like craved something stable, but just over time and like the more I've discovered about myself, I wouldn't mind. I think as long as I just continue to work and I enjoy what I'm doing. And um, I think like no matter what, we're never going to be in a place where we're just completely like not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like I trust myself at least that I know I'll always hustle. Like I'm not just going to like stop and then just be like, oh my God, what's, what do I do? So yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think I would be fine. And that's kind of the life I also like see for myself down the road. Yeah. You never know what the future is going to hold, right? But stability, it, like it, stability is comfort and we it all is. crave comfort. And like yeah. the, it's only like I'm leaving something that actually was stable for five years of my life, like in a place. So I felt really comfortable and I knew what I was going to be receiving. And, and it's not a, a common place for 
most of like the people that I surround myself with. So to leave that is so scary. But yeah, like you said, um, yeah, you're never gonna not work or your work or create or do things. And I think when you realize your feet are just like always underneath you, then you're, you're golden. Um, Absolutely. And you're gonna have like moments of like lull periods for sure. But that's also okay. Like that's, I think that's totally normal. But then you, you'll you surprise yourself. You'll pick yourself back up again, and then it'll be a whole new adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of adventures, Sid, tell us a bit about your journey of discovering your sexuality. What the hell, what the hell went down when? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Like, where do you start? I mean, there's, yeah, there's really, <laughs> like, a moment that, that really, like, defined things for me there's just like, like little like curiosities that kind of happened. And um, I mean, I was always surrounded by, I guess not always, but I did have people around me that were queer. And yeah, ever since I was young, like growing up in dance, there was, it was kind of assumed that if you were a man or um, yeah, man in within the dance world, you are gay and I think I also put, would assume that of people and it just kind of it's not nice to make those assumptions but it also just kind of allowed me to experience that as as a young person but I never thought like I think I always allowed it to be like open and um I think when I was younger I was like oh I can't wait to like fall in love and like all of that stuff that you imagine when you're yeah. when you're a kid but it was never I never like imagined really being married. I never imagined having kids. Like I kind of already started to question those things even when mm-hmm. I was younger. I so, like that the societal like ex- expectations. You're already like, I don't know if that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where that influence came from, but I was always just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know about these, these things. Totally um, get that. Yeah. But I also don't like when people tell me what to do. Wait, what's your sign? I'm like the very beginning of Leo. And that's my my sun, my rising, and then my moon is in Pisces. Stop. Ooh. You have double Leo. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, Paris? Yeah, tell me. <laughs> I love that. First of all, I just have to say I love Leos. Mm-hmm. I've never met a Leo that I've not like haven't gotten along with. I love their energy. I could definitely see that for you. So I feel like your rising sign is how you um, present yourself to others. So people will meet you most likely and they'll think you're a Leo. And what's funny is I feel Mm -hmm. like that's with the rising signs. It's like from your, or the time you're born to like seven years old. And then you might like transition out of that and you're more Mm -hmm. like your sun sign. But because your sun sign's already Leo, you're just Leo, Leo. But (laughs) so much fire. (laughs) But you got some emotions. Pisces are very emotional. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God, Sid, oh, I'm confusing. a moon in Pisces. Um, I love Pisces too. Like a lot of my friends are Pisces. A lot of my friends are Pisces, Aquarius. Mm. All the waters. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're all water moons. I'm a Scorpio moon. So that means we're all very <gasps> intense because it's like our moon is our inner feelings. So because we're all water signs, we have deep emotions. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. But and Scorpios are a little crazy. Scorpios are crazy? 
<laughs> no, not no. They're not. I love Scorpios, but Scorpios are intense. That's they're intense. I like them. I think yeah, I'm like, sure. wow. I fucking dig that you're just so like, like. Oh, okay. Anyway, so you didn't like people telling you what to do. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of contradicts itself because I feel like I am a people pleaser, and oh, I like same. I grew up that way, and. But I also, like, it's more like conditional things or, like, people, like, assuming things of me. And I would just, like, what? You you don't get to make those decisions. So, yeah. I think I just like to internally yeah. argue. <laughs> I love that. But not so much on the outside. <laughs> I get that. I get cool. that a lot, actually. Internally, yeah. I'm, like, freaking out and then I'm not, like, actually saying anything. Yeah. Yep. I need to work on that, though. Yeah. It's like, I think assuming like anger is like a bad thing, but you can be angry and just be like honest about it too. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's a balance. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have that balance, but it'd be nice to one day kind of like figure out how to, how to find it. Were people assuming anything about you growing up? Like, did you, what kind of assumptions were you, did people make about like you or your sexuality or even like your gender yeah when I was younger people would definitely be like okay when like when is the boyfriend gonna happen or when are you going to I can't wait for you to have a boyfriend oh it's gonna be so cute when you have a boyfriend and I'm in my head I'm like okay cool I'm glad you're excited but I'm not (laughs) like and um and it wasn't necessarily about it being man it was just that this idea of like pushing like relationships on people and pushing at this age you should be doing this that you should be feeling this but like nobody asked me if I want to be doing that and even at a young age it's not it's not necessarily consent but it is no it is consent because you go to parties and you play spin the bottle and you're like oh god now I have to kiss this person and I don't don't even like them and that's that's like a and it's a very intimate, even just that simple thing is really intimate and not everybody yeah. feels open to that or comfortable to that. And then there's this like pressure. Yeah. The pressure from like, especially your peers and you, it's weird if you like, don't do it. Cause everyone's going to like judge you. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, it's like- yeah. And also when you're a girl, especially when you get into high school and I was experiencing this even in like grade seven, eight, I don't know. I don't know about you said in you purse, but girls were talking about having sex and they were talking about it pretty openly, but at the same time, not. And so you felt like, and this is a classic thing. They talk about this in like Wondery Hill. Um, <laughs> like, you know, if you have sex, you're a slut. And if you don't, then you're a prude and there's no in between and you can't win when you're a girl in high school. But I really, I don't know about you guys. I really felt that like confusion about where I fit into that and not wanting to be on either side. And also like not, not really wanting to have sex with anyone, but feeling like I should. And like, when you're a girl, you just can't win. I felt that pressure a lot in high school. hundred percent. Not so much. I think in elementary, like it was very, it was, it wasn't really like talked about then, but for sure in high school, it was like every, that was all every, anyone talked about. And there's just like a lack at that age. Like when you're your hormones are changing, you're going through a lot. And, and in terms of the education, it's just not, it's not even approachable. Like I remember we would get, I don't know if you remember this, Sarah, but when we would have like questions about sex, we had to put them in a box and then they had to be drawn anonymously. So we're already like not allowed to have like these mature conversations. We're already told like, 
well, if I'm going to ask a question, I need to like be, keep it hidden and be like, it has to be the secret. And, and, and even the teachers as adults, like that's your responsibility to, to educate and, and to make, make young people feel like confident in what they're asking for and what they're talking about. And so just that, I just remember being like, I'm not going to put a question because either people in the room are going to laugh about it because yeah. we're all immature or and that yeah. happened. Yeah. That happened in my um, health class. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awful. Like, and I, I like that you brought that up, Sid. I think it's also like as a teacher's responsibility, I think if I was the teacher, I would be like, let's have an open discussion because mm-hmm. if you're already saying like you can be anonymous, it already says like, oh, well, this is like secret. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be talking about this stuff. So, but someone I remember asked a question and people laughed. And I remember thinking like, what, that's, it's awful. It's mm-hmm. so awful. And also what, like, what is there to laugh about? Like, let's talk about this. We're all young. We're all learning. It's because none of us know what, what's going on. Like all of us are so insecure. So we just laugh because we, because we don't know, we don't know what to do. So it's all like, it's just because exactly said we were taught that we're like, it's all taboo. We're not supposed to talk about it. It's not supposed to be out in the open. So if it's out in the open, we're like so nervous and insecure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's been a long time since like we've been in high school. So like maybe things have changed, but maybe. Um, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. I hope <laughs> yeah. it has. I hope so. You guys should have an episode with like a really young queer person. I think. because oh, it's, I know. Yeah. I think it's so different now. Yeah. Like asking me about younger me being younger I don't think it started to become a question until I left high school and then I was dancing and people around me were gay whether they were men or women and then and then I had a friend be like oh Sydney you're gonna be one of these like lesbian dancers like all these other (laughs) and I'm, I'm like okay like and then becoming a lesbian was somehow like cool and now yeah, and now I live in Montreal where it's like, if you're not queer, you're like, what are you? And, um, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if That's you're amazing. not queer, you're in the minority. Like, yeah. you're the outcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nice like, the tables yeah. turn. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Turn, people. Tables have turned. Yeah. I mean, in, in areas, it's still like, it's still problematic in a lot of places but I think also like I I'm around queer people all the time like most of my circle is queer like it's rare that somebody just identifies as like straight within like my close friends and you hear about other stories happening and like your bubble gets popped and you realize like my like the community that I'm in is really not that big and like we can be really queer, we can have that space within ourselves to express ourselves, whether like our clothing or the way we communicate, the way we don't communicate, like all of those nuances where I feel like I've finally felt safe in the way I can be. I feel I feel like when you're talking about your kind of journey of just just exploring sexuality and learning about it, it feels like also an actual geographical journey. Like you start in London, Ontario, you move as soon as you move to Toronto, things start to open up. Like you said, you're surrounded by a lot more queer people, even though you already were lucky enough to have exposure to queer people being a dancer as as a as a youth and then growing up. And then you go to Montreal and that's, it sounds like that's where you're kind of like, okay, I can, I can actually, I don't know, like I can feel even more safe here maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's also something that has started within this pandemic 
that we call it like queer skate night and all like a lot of queer people go to this predominantly straight straight skate park yeah like what you would because only like straight men skateboard apparently and of course of course and on thursday nights it's just a bunch of queer people um i think they have that somewhere in in toronto too i feel like there's a really big queer skating community in toronto there's someone I follow who's a skateboarder and she's gay and I she's always mm. posting like all the queer people skateboarding together. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And I've only I mean I've only been once and I I live with my friend who is also queer and he like goes all the time and and it's just I know like like I don't necessarily get a lot of enjoyment from like large group <laughs> activities. I'm where like I'll be there but I'm like I'm like on the outside doing my own thing and I like escape and I come back in. Whereas like for yeah. somebody that like wants community and, and is super uh, outgoing and charismatic and like needs that group energy to like regenerate, it's like, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful space that queer people have created in a place in a time when, yeah, community has felt so far. Um, yeah, it's pretty That's, fun. I want to go to, I want to go to queer skate night. <laughs> Me too. I would actually, I would try skateboarding. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Oh my God. There'd be so many cute skateboarding girls. Mm. Yeah. I'd be like, can every, can, can someone help me? <laughs> yeah. I'm falling. I mean, yeah. It's like, I always wanted to be a girl who skateboarded. So if I was queer, I would definitely mm. have a thing for skateboard girls. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But I think it kind of like relates to like your podcast in that way where you have these two perspectives and you're you're having conversations and and also like within environments like we need to create those those crossovers or mm-hmm. else we can just keep living it these like separate ways and we can and then they build so strongly one point of view and then another point of view but we live on these polar opposites and then and then when we do come it's like confrontation and it's and it's a lot of hate and and pain and and trauma and if we don't start to like integrate and have space for that crossover, um, we'll never like see eye to eye or. Can we like etch that in stone on the girl on girl offices whenever we have? <laughs> and and I feel like sometimes we go overboard with explaining why we started this podcast. I don't I don't even need to like go into it more, but just like what you just said is just so strongly how I feel as someone who identifies as straight. I just I'm so sick of people being like I'm scared to engage or I'm scared to ask questions or I'm gonna say the wrong thing and I understand why they feel that way it's valid I think the gap is getting bigger and bigger the more we say things like that the more we feel that way just let's get the gap out of here me and Purse have talked about this too in the sense of fluidity and that and that there's a gap we feel the gap between straight and queer but one day there's just not even gonna be like we were like, what is straight? Like one day, like straight probably won't even exist because everyone is going to be on the spectrum in some way. And even though I say I identify as straight, I I personally through like these conversations, especially that we've had on the pod, I feel I am on the spectrum. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I just, I just have really shifted my belief that like there's straight and then there's queer. And I yeah. feel that it, it doesn't matter whether I've been with a woman or someone who's non-binary. It doesn't matter. Like, I know I'm on this, a spectrum of sexuality. Yeah. I just know that now. And it's, like, really um, exciting to, to know that and to not have to separate it into boxes. 
Yeah, and I think it, it just relieves a lot of pressure. Like I yeah. was thinking about it. I was thinking about it earlier today. Like if you don't ask yourself, if you haven't asked yourself if you're a little bit gay, like you're really <laughs> you're really missing out on like understanding a lot about yourself. Whether it's like absolutely not. Like I don't I don't feel I don't feel that attraction for the same sex as me or. Or, or it's like, oh, maybe, like, maybe that could happen, or... Um, Who's to and, say? Yeah, who, like, why do you want to, why do you want to tell yourself no now? Because, <laughs> because it's just, yeah, unless you really, unless you really feel that way, then that's valid, and that's fine, and you feel safe with, in those kinds of relationships, like, it's all, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, totally. And everyone is like obviously so valid because sometimes I think I, I always believe sexuality has been on the, sh- the spectrum, but I also struggle with the idea of like telling someone who could be like, well, no, I know I'm a hundred percent straight. Mm. Or even for me, like coming to terms with my sexuality over the past few years and totally know I'm, I'm only interested in women romantically and sexually. But I kind of, I like the idea that like you, you can ask yourself the questions and sometimes things can change you know like yeah. it's about letting go of that like I'm set in stone because of what I've said because <laughs> I felt that yeah and when me and purse met I remember remember purse we used to joke that I was like the straightest girl ever Do you remember we used to joke about that and it was all it was all like fun we were just joking but at the same time like me understanding now that I'm on a spectrum of sexuality it's not even about like It's not even about like, oh, I just want to make sure that I'm, you know, not putting myself in a box in case I want to hook up with a girl one day. It's not even really that. It's more like I identify with my queer friends so much in so many ways that it just feels wrong to say I'm 100% straight. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Like it just, it's about being, it's about openness and exploration totally, but it's also about just like. Yeah, I guess just redefining what straight is and um, understanding that just because I I have asked myself that question, I asked myself that question when I was young and I was confused about what the response was. And then ultimately I realized like, no, I'm not, I'm just not attracted to, to the girls in my class, for example. Mm -hmm. And then I think I kind of was like, okay, I'm a hundred percent straight. You know what I mean? Like, like, Like you said. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just acknowledging that like that was okay at the time. And now it's, it's, I'm, I'm allowed to be more open than that. I'm allowed to like explore more, um, whether I'm, whether I'm hooking up with a girl or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's the same for me. Like I never had a, I never had these attractions for women growing up. Like I thought people were beautiful. I thought that, yeah, they were just like really great people. I, I like, I definitely have love for I had love for women like as a young person and then it wasn't until like like I knew it it could be a possibility and I'm really at a place where it's just it really is about a person it's about how they treat people like my friend was telling me about it the other day about like demisexuality yeah demisexual yeah and I I definitely would find myself within that label whatever (laughs) um but my priority is not necessarily sexual. My priority in my desires is, is really about safety and like a strong emotional connection, a friendship, like mm-hmm. 
something that is beyond sexual. Like I don't necessarily, I don't, I can have like short attractions. I can like see a man walk by and I'm like, wow, they are beautiful. It happened already today on their skateboard. And then I can see a woman <laughs> walk by. On the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I was like running, and I'm like, oh my god, just like turn around and look at me, please. (laughs) Oh my god, that always happens when I'm running. I'm always like, yeah, it'll it'll always be someone driving by in a car where I'm like, hi, you're like, hello, (laughs) hello. (laughs) Yeah, so like those those like moments will happen, and I like allow them to happen. But in terms of anything like intimate or romantic, it's it it really is about do I feel safe with this person. because intimacy is is scary it is hard and it is and like some people can access that so easily and and that is like a form of like expression of like love and trust and um for me it it can go there but and it does go there but it's um it's not like my priority like my number one on my my list of needs um yeah. yeah. And everyone's that, different. I like is that. Is that what demisexual means? Like, so, so I actually don't know. I've never heard demisexual and I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't either. So what exactly does that mean? Yeah. From my understanding, it is having this like emotional connection before a sexual connection. Interesting. Okay, and see, as much as we talk about how labels can be damaging, this is one of the cases where a label can be really fantastic because that really feels, to me, it feels like, oh, that's such like a nice kind of specific feeling or yeah, feeling to have. And Sid, I can imagine you being told about that, that there's a name for it and being like, I totally feel that. Like, it's it's definitely not super specific. Obviously, it can be a very universal feeling, but it's kind of amazing to be like, oh, there's a name for that? Like, that's how I feel. Yeah, I guess identification of of comparison to how you feel. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's really comforting. So, okay, I just kind of want to dive into this fluidity a bit more. So you, can you tell us a little bit about what your coming out experience was and if you felt like if you felt like you needed to come out or that you wanted to come out, like what was that like for you? I think the people around me were ready before I was or just like maybe saw something before I did. Because it's kind of like when you're when you're invested in something and, and for me in this moment it was myself. <laughs> but <laughs> when you're like when you're so like inside and yep. you just need that outside perspective to like encourage you maybe is what they're trying to do. So I feel like I had people like encouraging me to be like, you know, you can like these kinds of people or you like are waiting, they're waiting for me to be, to tell them I'm gay. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it happened with my mom where I was telling her, I was telling her some other story (laughs) and I felt this like, she had, was preparing herself and, and she was like, uh-huh, okay. I'm like, mom, I need to tell you something. She's like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I tell her something else. She's like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> At that moment, I was like, well, I told you some other shit and now you, and you're, you're a little confused. So I'm like, maybe she's like <laughs> waiting for me to tell her I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Like she was yeah. waiting and she was like, 
oh, that's not how I thought it was going to go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she had, yeah. like, prepared for that moment. <laughs> yeah. But then when I finally, like when I really had feelings for the first time for a woman, that hit me like, I was just like so confused, not confused. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happened. And I was like, okay, let's see. Yeah. And then it, it just like opened my, my self to, to allowing it to shift between men and women. But telling my parents I was closer like to being pansexual I got the reaction of thinking that I was just a lesbian and I should not feel bad for only liking women and I shouldn't have to force myself to like men and and there's like really some like they're not right <laughs> but also for them to it's just kind of funny for them to be like, well, lesbian is okay. Like they've understood that and that seems clear, but, and yeah, any kind of fluidity, um, I think is hard for people to understand. People can't wrap their heads around it. Like everything has to be so black and white. That's where it's, where it's like, oh, you like women? Great. You're a lesbian. Oh, you like men? Amazing. You're straight. But wait, I'm so confused. I don't know what you mean by like liking people's energy or you like both. Mm-hmm. How can you like both? You can only like one or the other. You obviously have a preference. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's yeah. me telling you. No, it's, <laughs> like it's, purse, when you, when you came out as bi, did you have anyone who was just like, cool? Or was, was, were most people in your life like, interesting? Like, are you sure you don't like girls more? Oh, or you just haven't found the right guy yet. No one was, no one was cool with me being bi. It always, it was, <laughs> what the heck? No, for real. I would no, always, I know. That's so crazy. I always encountered um, people either saying exactly like Sid just said, um, when I came out as bi, like, you know, you can just say you like women. And then early, early stages, especially when I was like 18, 19, 20 those three years specifically, it was like, oh, she's probably just experimenting. I don't really, I don't really see her seriously being with a woman. She's only talked about having crushes on men in the past, stuff like that. Yeah. And like, we've said this a million times, that's no one's place to tell because it confused me even more. I was like, I don't, I don't even know because when I identified as bi, I was going through that journey myself. It wasn't like I was secretly like, I'm really gay and I'm scared. I was really like trying Mm. because I was like, there's some men where sometimes I was saying like, there's different forms of love, right? Like I would have such close relationships with men and would love them. Or like, I'm not saying I was like in love with any of the guys I was like going on dates with, but, I, <laughs> but I, <laughs> there was a guy I'm actually thinking of in particular where I got the closest to being like really having deep feelings for him, but then confusing it because I didn't really want to be sexual with him, but I really loved spending mm-hmm. time with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I get that same feeling. I think that's where I think a lot of my attraction comes from like feeling like a really strong friendship and like bond. And then there's the question of like, what, okay, now what, like, where do we go from here? And it can be scary for sure. Um, And I was going to say, I think that's really what I find interesting is like, I think that's why for me, I identify as like, gay Mm. because 
I think I'm the type of person who, who can obviously have like really deep emotions for someone, but there's something where like, I just can't get there with men. And that took me a while to realize and everyone's different, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. But I find that very interesting. I, I know so many people who are like the sex, maybe like the physical aspect of it just doesn't really matter to them. Mm-hmm. Like it's really the person and like the energy, they don't care. But then there was a part of me that was like, I could love being around this person, but I cannot have sex with them. Like I can't, I would even feel my body. Like when I would be with men, like clenching, it was like very uncomfortable. And we can get into talking about feeling safe because we brought that up and Mm -hmm. it's never like anyone who I was ever with made me feel unsafe. Thank, thank God. Mm -hmm. But I just always felt like uncomfortable and it had nothing to do. It wasn't their fault. It was just me figuring it out, being like, I like them, but why am I like shutting down? Like my body was like, Ooh, I can't. It was like, don't do it. Yeah. And there's, I mean, the body like tells you so much, like it, it cues you all the time. And whether you're anxious, whether you're nervous, whether you're excited, like whether you do feel attracted to somebody, like it'll tell you. And it's important not to feel pressure to, um, to go into intimacy when you really like your body is like rejecting it or like, yeah, that action that you did, or you're just like closing yourself. Like there's no, there's no words to that. I need to like (laughs) describe that feeling like, you know, um, and hopefully with you're with somebody that you do feel safe with where you can just talk to them right in that moment and not have to go farther with somebody when you're totally not ready or safe or feeling it. (laughs) And I feel like that's a universal experience. Like I've experienced that um, many times. And I think a lot of women have mostly, but definitely men, definitely people who um, are non-binary. I think it is kind of one of those feelings that everyone has kind of had at least once, like this unsafe feeling when it comes to sex or intimacy totally and Sid you mentioned to us that for you queerness is about feeling safe and I think that sentence is so fascinating to me and it's something that I've I personally never heard someone say that and I'm just wondering if we can dive into that and maybe explore it a little more and like what that means for you growing up I never really felt comfortable in spaces that were like divided by gender most of the people I danced with younger were girls and then but then I also played hockey with boys and I was the only girl and there was there's always this like dynamic that would like shift and then growing up then you go to like bars where it's like okay I'm going to a straight bar and I am going to assume that somebody that a man is going to hit on me and then I have to like engage with them or they're going to buy me a drink and then I have to engage with them like there's just these like codes that we that we feel like the pressure to like if I don't participate in them then I'm gonna be like left out or I'm not going to yeah I'm just not going to be engaged but I never really understood those codes I mean I don't know if this is helpful but when when you first said that it kind of brought me right into just the just queer spaces queer queer spaces are a place for queer people to feel safe but when I go into a queer space I definitely feel this sense of safety and it's, it is kind of hard to explain. Maybe it's just a sense of love, like like very surface level, just love is present. 
and accept acceptance is present and i that makes me feel safe that's just that came up for me when you first said that um you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean i mean a lot of queer people rely on a lot of other queer people for support for advice for understanding of themselves and then they create queer spaces and then they they sometimes get contaminated by like straight people. And if you, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you enjoy them, then great, like participate, but like know, know those people like made them and yep. that they, they need to be there for them. And also like, sometimes I really feel like I could like fall in love with anybody, like mm. anybody, like any expression. And like queerness, because it is a spectrum, it, it has so many people, so many identities, so many nuances. I feel like it opens the opportunity for safe communication, safe intimacy, safe relationships, because I know that this other person is also like questioning that or has had to, had to question that or has felt a sense of, I don't want to say like pain, because not everybody everybody experiences pain or struggle. coming out or struggle yeah but um there's just like an awareness that it is vulnerable to identify yourself in this way and yeah there's just a sense of like mm. i understand you and yeah, that's we that's can what do i do this together and then it, it just allows you to be like okay you're a woman great and you, i feel safe with you great now i can have a relationship with you now i can experience yeah. intimacy with you yeah now, now we can and, make out <laughs> now we can yeah. just make out now we can kiss. <laughs> yeah i love that, that totally and yeah i love the understanding aspect mm. that you brought into that that's huge i never i don't i didn't even think about it like as much but yeah mm. queerness is safety i just think that's a really cool i think that's a really cool um way to say it and another thing that sid had said to person i was that you like to try things before you make decisions and your sexuality is the same way. And I feel like that also incorporates safety, right? Like you're, you're dipping your toe in the water first. Like it's almost like you're um, making sure that the burner's not hot um, before you touch it, right? Like just, it's, you're making sure you're safe first, essentially. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel bad for this person that's meeting me for the first time because it's going to take a minute. And, um, <laughs> And like within this, like the, nobody, like, I think sometimes you go on dates and then by like the third date, they're like expecting something or they're waiting for something. And you're just like, no, like, I, sorry, I don't, I don't go to the same agenda as you or your past or how they feel comfort or comfortable. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm on the slower burn. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and then when it's burning. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like Slow Burn by Casey Musgraves. <gasps> oh, I oh love that song so much. I'm all right with the slow, slow burn. <laughs> I love the idea of safety. And it's just something I never thought about. And I just think that it makes a lot of sense. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. Me too. I think that's like something I, Sarah and I haven't really talked about that yet as well. Like, like we've talked about like safe spaces and bars and stuff like that. But I think just in general, like that element of safety that queer people feel in general, just with each other, that opened yeah. my eyes up a lot yeah. and I didn't Definitely, even realize yeah. it. Definitely with each other for sure. And then, yeah, we yeah. just have to work on 
those crossovers, like we said earlier. Have you ever felt guilty when you're like hanging out with a woman who like knows a hundred percent? For example, maybe she like knows she's a lesbian or yeah, she knows where she is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt like guilt or anything like that? Yeah, I think like the first women that I had feelings for, I didn't feel that because they were strong. They were like strong feelings that happened like quickly. So no, not with them. But then when I was like on dating apps and going on dates with people in that way, where I get, you're kind of like forced into like this different code of like, you're both looking maybe for a relationship and you like have your like label within your profile. And then, so there was always like this intimidation of like, oh, if I start talking to this person then, and they know, so they're going to like read me and they're going to like, and it's also like my queerness is really like naive and young. And I don't know a lot about yet, like the history of it all. And so, I mean, you're going to know that through dating a lot actually. And, um, yeah, so I did feel, I felt like I don't want this to feel like an experiment or, um, yeah, like I'm just like trying to figure something out. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like that's all relationships are. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just sharing something with somebody and, and if it doesn't work out, it's probably not because oh, I'm not gay. It's because I'm not attracted to this person. I'm not compatible with this person. I'm not, we don't have like a level of trust or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point that every relationship is like that. Like you're basically just trying to figure out, obviously, if you like the person. Yeah. And like, they're weird. Like relationships are weird (laughs) where we just Uh, choose one person and we're like, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of time with you. Yeah. Yeah, just live along with you. <laughs> Don't even get me started. I, I I think about it every day. I'm like, this is weird. This is just weird. What we're doing is just weird. I'm sorry, but it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I like, but that's the thing. We always put so much pressure on it, but I like the way you said it. It's just, we're always all figuring it out. So mm-hmm. even in the sense where you feel guilty being with a woman who's maybe like, I'm a hundred percent like gay. And then you're also like, I'm figuring it out. I think it only gets messy if you're like stringing someone along and you're like playing emotional games with them for a woman who's maybe gay. And you're like, you're like not, that's when it's not cool. So communication is always key, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Persis speaks from experience. Oh yes, I have. Ma'ams. Yeah. And of course Um, it's totally, it's totally not fair. Like, yeah, you don't want to put yourself in those situations either. No. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Even like going back to the safety aspect. And we wanted to ask you about tattooing. What has the practice of tattooing taught you about safety, trust, um, and even pain? And yeah. It started out with like me and my roommate just like tattooing each other (laughs) and I was like okay well I gotta tattoo myself before I tattoo anybody else and if I'm gonna fuck up it's gonna be on me and that's also an interesting experience to like tattoo yourself (laughs) but it's it's very nice it's very fun (laughs) for me yeah I want to do it yeah but I kind of I kind of talked about it earlier but 
Like I really, I love quality time. I love spending lots of time with people because I take so, I take a long time. So I like to make a lot of time. And, and when I tattoo people, um, like there is a level of pain for sure. And it's not, it's not excruciating, but there is your, your, you're becoming intimate with somebody in the sense of like proximity. Um, and yeah, they're dealing with their emotion and their state. And usually pain is associated, like people experience pain, not out of choice. And it's like mm. things can happen where people are like forced into painful situations. Yeah, some people like experience painful situations that are not chosen if I can have somebody come to me knowing that they're going to experience a little bit of pain for a little bit to like get something that's like permanent and like my work on them, it kind of like allows them to release that in a way or like the pleasure in pain. Um, it's so complicated. <laughs> like feelings oh, are yeah. so complicated. And um, I'm not sure if that's fully answering your question yeah it is it is and I think like the fact that the fact that tattooing is a one-on-one thing it is it is an intimate moment with someone so you have to trust each other um they have to trust you but you have to trust them just as much and they have to feel safe and so do you and I like that like I've never really thought about tattooing in that way but it is a chosen pain like you are deciding to be in pain for a certain amount of time (laughs) um when you tattoo me Obviously, there is a little bit of pain because it's a you're getting poked over and over. It, it is interesting your relationship with pain. How even even in one tattoo, say it takes twenty minutes, half an hour. In that period of time, you're having a relationship with pain. Like and so, and sometimes you're like, oh, this hurts, and then sometimes you're like, oh, I like it. And sometimes yeah. you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, I can't wait to see what the tattoo looks like. And it's like a it's a whole journey. You're, going on yeah. and you're feeling the same pain the whole time but it changes yeah yep so and we have we have uh we got pain what's the word what's the word pain tolerance <laughs> yes we do i sometimes like the feel like i liked when i got my tattoo this one on bloom on my arm here i was like yeah this feels kind of nice i was like oof. yeah Ooh. most honestly most people do feel like that like i haven't had somebody that has really been like maybe nervous to start, but then once it goes, they're usually like, oh, okay. Like it's really tolerable. So like, I'm not saying like, if you're, if you want to get a tattoo, you're not going to, it's not going to be so painful. Um, I hope. Um, (laughs) I know guys, it's not super painful when Sid tattoos you. I can't wait for my tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sid is a good tattoo artist and she's not going to hurt you. I'm just starting. There's lots to learn. It's only been like within this year. So yeah, I know I don't even think I would give myself the title of a tattoo artist yet. <laughs> I would uh, call you a tattoo artist. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm getting there. First of all, is there anything else that you kind of that you feel like you want to share about fluidity or your story? And or I kind of I would love to know, like, for anyone who's listening who is confused about fluidity or um, doesn't understand it, what's, like, maybe the one thing you would say to them? Not even to make them understand, but just to maybe get them thinking. I mean, for some people, yeah, it's, like, it is sexual and 
it is like desire and like curiosity in that way and like just like appreciating different bodies and um yeah and then yeah it's just like a matter of like what is your like primary like source of attraction like if you're straight that is like and you know that's your primary source of, of attraction but how would I explain it again like you try and you see and if you feel something like don't question it just go for it <laughs> run with um, it yeah and you don't have to define anything just by seeing if you have feelings for like this person like it could be one date it could be like 10 minutes it could be yeah forever <laughs> hopefully for you <laughs> but oh, um, just putting a ring on it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, My pleasure. That man, I love these conversations. I'm so happy that we started this. Like I honestly get so much joy out of having these types of conversations. I'm always just sitting here listening to you guys like cool or like, oh, I never thought of it that way. This, this even, like I said, Sid got me thinking more about even just the aspect of fluidity. And I loved hearing your perspective and I'm just really like proud of the journey that you've also gone on and me too. We're happy to have you on. I'm so happy you need to talk to us. Oh yeah. I was like, it was one of those moments where I'm like, I said yes in the moment and then the time stretches and you're like, Oh, now I have to do it. But Uh I I was really excited to, to go there because I'm usually the one asking questions or like, I'm really comfortable listening. So to have Mm. it like be, put on me it was challenging in a good way I hope anybody can just like take like one percent of this maybe yeah and I guess I have a question now for you like how how are you guys feeling after after this great what we're like uh-huh. we're like a question for, for moi for the yeah. for, for, quoi? <laughs> for the host um Persis how do you how are you feeling right now I'm feeling really great. I honestly feel like these conversations are so important to have. And the more we talk about it, you know, people can just like real, like normalize this, you know, normalize having these open conversations that we're like normally so afraid to even talk about. So I'm feeling very liberated. Yeah. Oh my God. You, I cannot believe you just said that. That's little, I was about to say that exact word. What the heck? (laughs) One in the that's same, baby. That's so weird. I, I also feel liberated. It, it, I def, yeah, that's, that's like the best way to describe my feeling. I learned a lot of new stuff in this conversation. And from just talking with you about this conversation leading up to it as well, um, not only learning things about my friend Sid, but learning things about, always learning things about sexuality and how it changes and how it flows. But I feel very like uh, just excited and hopeful, I guess, for like just – the direction everything is moving and everyone is moving in terms of like sexuality. Does that make sense? Like I just, yeah. the fact that we can have these conversations and they're so nuanced and they're so like fun to explore. It just makes me excited. Yeah. And I like, I would have to say like, I admire like that you're making this room and like you're really taking care of these conversations. You can just tell that you care. So we really do. Like this has been my <laughs> favorite part of much. 2021. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, it should. This is where like the passion grows, and then it, then it just becomes what you want to do. Uh, listeners, if you have any questions for Sid, um, or about Sid's story, or for us, uh, as always, 
shoot us a message. We're always around and I'm sure Sid would be happy to chat with you, answer any questions that you might have if you related to something she said. Thank you, guys. XOXO Gossip Girl. XOXO. <laughs>
well, when I read this Rolling Stone interview, I'm like, she just she just said this in Rolling Stone. She explicitly stated that I've met enough guys to know, I've met enough girls to know, and I love a soul, not a gender. To me, I'm like that that whether that's coming out or not, it doesn't ha- that doesn't have to be her coming out experience. And we we're not going to give her any label that she hasn't told us that she identifies as. But I'm like, she's telling the world I'm fluid. She's telling the world that that I that I don't care about gender, I care about people. And that doesn't have to mean like, oh, she's bi or she's pan. It doesn't have to mean anything, but it does mean that that is how, a part of how she identifies. And she already told us this two years ago. I just thought it was a really interesting kind of like case study almost of like the me- how the media is talking about it, media jumping to conclusions and saying that now she's come out literally because of a, a couple of gifts on a story that and obviously she didn't make the gifts that's how gifts work like someone else makes them and you use them right so it's not the radio station was like she said i thought it was a caption or something right like i thought i thought she had posted and been like i would like to like formally um come out as bi and time isn't straight and neither am i like all of that but it was just like a bunch of gifts and a story i find that this isn't like (laughs) Just based on the 2019 Rolling Stone article, I don't even know why this had to be a headline. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering is why is this news? Because the Rolling Stone article feels like news, but news news outlets are going to pick that up. Of course, they're going to be like, "Oh my God, Sophie Turner said that she's been with girls," essentially. But this, like, I wish I wish I took a screenshot of this story so I could show you guys. Actually, it might even be in this in this article, but it it's literally like a really crappy Instagram story with a bunch of gifts, and I'm just like, it isn't everyone posting stuff like this? But at the same time, I was wondering if this was such a shock to people because she's married to a man with a baby. Yeah, like her and Joe Jonas are married. They have a child together. Is that why this is like such a big like shock to people that that she's putting this story up? Probably. Because Maybe. I think we've talked about this before. I mean, this is me just putting in my two cents because like I think this is still a struggle is that people find it hard to believe when like someone who's fluid or someone who's bi or someone who's pan or someone who's not saying like I'm gay or I'm straight like so explicitly people are always like out to think oh but she's with a man but isn't she like into women or she's with a woman but isn't she like into men it's it's like people can't like we talked about with Sid like people can't really grasp the fluidity thing so I think that yeah this probably was like oh prime time to tell a story because one it's not that Sophie's just like we all know she's married to Joe Jonas and has a baby. So it's like headline news. Actually, she's bi. Like sometimes I even laugh like at the old, I know we're like People Magazine and like all those like, what was it? National Enquirer, like all those magazines were just so like gossipy. Yeah. Um, and I remember like when we were younger, all the headlines that would even say like, so-and-so is like lesbian extravaganza when really they and then it would show like the person's husband like in the tiny corner and like being like what would he say I think it's just like I'm just trying to say like Uh, was that an actual headline I hope so lesbian extravaganza that should be the name of our podcast now (laughs) we're 
we're going to change it. But just examples like that, where I feel like people just, yeah, they, they just don't understand that. So I agree with you. I think this might've been like, are we talking about this? Because she's married to Joe and has a baby. So it's like, oh, let's talk about Sophie's sexuality. Who is she really? When really she said it two years ago, she already told us what, how she feels. And like we said, you don't need to have a label. You are just living your life. You like the person. Yeah. You know, when you, you sh- according to her, she knows when it's the right person. Let her live her damn life. Yeah, totally. And I also did see when I was looking this up, I saw like like a bunch of people in the queer community kind of freaking out, being like, oh my God, does this story mean that Sophie Turner is officially coming out as bi? And mostly like, mostly queer women being like excited about it because Sophie Turner is so beautiful. Um, and almost like being like, you know, like a joke, like excited that they might have a chance with Sophie. I I think some part of this too is that maybe people just don't remember the Rolling Stone interview. Like I think that's probably part of it. But I think just um, paired with our conversation with Sid about fluidity and how, how simple fluidity really can be, I think I just thought all these headlines were really interesting and that radio conversation, just how incorrectly they rep- they presented the information to me as a listener was really interesting. Kind of weird. Well, that's the media for you. Cause I feel like, you know, we rely on media so much for like accurate information, but here's like such a prime example of you hearing this and you're like, Hey, that combo seemed really strange. I'm going to like do my own digging. And everything they basically said was not even accurate. I don't know. I'd be really interested to hear what you guys think about this. Like I just thought, I'm not saying that people are jumping to conclusions and, and that she's straight or something like that. I'm just saying like, she's already explained to the world that she's a fluid person when it comes to her sexuality. And she's celebrating pride with this post, like all of us are. I just don't know why we need to like lab- like jump to like labeling her or I don't know why we need to make it such a big headline. I don't know. I know. I, I don't think this needed to be a headline at all. And I think that like, I don't know, people are already thinking that, I mean, thinking she is married to Joe Jonas and has a baby, but <laughs> I feel like she might be married to Joe Jonas. She's actually with me. Like right That's, now? Yes. You know how people are going to think, oh, she sh- they'll just assume she's straight because she's married to a man and has a baby. And that goes into like, ugh, I just love talking about this stuff because it's like, we don't know. We don't know. And like, it's not really our business to tell unless she wants or to assume unless she wants to just tell us or for us to like, I don't know, people assume, but you don't need to like state it in an article. But we love you, Sophie. Well, Percy Benz. I love you. I love you. Thank you for doing this episode with me. Of course, darling. And I'm happy I did the episode with you. (laughs) Sid, thanks for doing the episode with us. (laughs) I'm so, I think we're weird, man. Guys, this is the morning. I think we're better when we record at night. (laughs) Me too. But then sometimes when we record late at night, we joke about how loopy and weird we are. So guys, tell us, do you prefer morning S&P or nighttime S&P because <laughs> that's you pretty much will never get midday S&P like it just won't happen so um so let us know please do and let us know if you are enjoying the pod <laughs> do you guys like this <laughs>